It's time now for a pond further review with your host Josh Dorman here on WJQS The Fan. And welcome in everybody. Another Monday night edition of Upon Further Review. We appreciate you joining us here. 6 to 8 p.m. every Monday night. We were off last week and I missed you all so much. Uh, my uh, son played in a uh, championship elementary football game. And so I took the opportunity to go be dad. And uh, uh, so we uh, we certainly miss being on air. But uh, once again, we're back. Uh, we appreciate you joining us, whether it's on uh, line at wjqsthefan.com. Uh, if you're joining us on 106.3 FM, 1400 AM, uh, maybe on the iHeartRadio app, radio.com, TuneIn Radio app, or on Facebook, we appreciate you uh, joining us from wherever you are here on a Monday night and, a pre- and uh, hope that your week has gotten off to a great start. Uh, and uh, we hope that the next two hours makes it just a little bit better. We've got a lot in store. It's been a busy week. Want to remind you anytime you want to jump in with us, uh, give us a call, 601 366 1180, or shoot us a text at 601 817 0106. We'll be going through a lot of different uh, topics here tonight, including some high school football with Sam Williams from Brandon High School coming off a big time win on uh, Friday night over Oak Grove and uh, taking that number one spot in there. Uh, region. Uh, we'll have him joining us in the next segment, and uh, he'll be with us at 6.15. Uh, then the following segment, we'll have the athletic director at Hartfield Academy, David Sykes. Uh, Hartfield Academy has had a very strong start in the MAIS 6A ranks, and so we're going to talk all things Hartfield Athletics with athletic director David Sykes. Uh, we'll also cover uh, some other high school sports, as we always do in the first hour. And then in hour number two, we will talk some uh, Major League Baseball. Just a, a very unique situation. Uh, it does have a little bit of a p- political tie to it, but when you look at the World Series, it's going to be uh, played certain games in the Atlanta market as the Atlanta Braves uh, will be facing off against the Houston Astros uh, we'll talk a little bit World Series. We'll talk some NBA action. NBA's gotten started and uh, some stories coming out of the NBA, uh, college football and more. So uh, you won't want to miss any of the show tonight. want to remind you, all of our shows are available via podcast. Uh, simply search upon further review, uh, whether that's on um, uh, Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, wherever it is you download your podcasts. Uh, we appreciate all of you. We've had great podcast numbers, uh, and we appreciate you guys. If you miss part of the show, if you miss an interview you like, all of our podcasts are available on those platforms. want to take this opportunity to thank Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. Uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi, live healthy, live blue, www.bcbsms.com, and we appreciate them and uh, their support of not just our show, uh, but many others. Talking about many others, uh, you 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 want to stick around with this station. Uh, there's a lot that goes on uh, throughout the day, both on this station as well as 105.9 uh, The Zone. That's the ESPN affiliate here in the area. There's sister stations, uh, and there's a lot of great local content that takes place, and we'll let you know uh, each of those, what times they are, 
and uh, give you as much information as possible. That also includes high school football on Friday nights. It includes college football, uh, the University of Alabama most Saturdays, and it also includes some NFL on Sundays. So uh, we've got all that covered here. Uh, don't forget next Monday night, as is the uh, as is the case, uh, the first Monday of every month here, we will welcome in Randy Watkins from Randy Watkins Golf Group, www.randywatkinsgolf.com, for our segment of Tee to Green with Randy Watkins. That'll be the 6 to 7 hour, a lot of golf action to discuss. You've had uh, the qualifying tour, a lot of different qualifying school, excuse me, and a lot of different uh, things going on. So we'll welcome in Randy next week. Mississippi Sports This Morning with Doug Colson and Mark Alexander, is on this station from 6 to 8 a.m. every weekday morning. Encourage you to tune in to those guys. Terrific show in the morning on this station. Brandon High School uh, plays out on Friday night. Speaking of Brandon High School, Sam, Sam Williams, head football coach, will be joining us next, uh, and Alabama football on Saturdays. You also have the JB and Como show on every Tuesday from 5 to 6 p.m. on this station, as well as NFL starting at 1130. So a lot going on here on 106.3 FM, The Fan. And uh, we appreciate you joining us, uh, not just for this show, but uh, for everything that's going on as we tr- we aim to bring you great local content uh, throughout the day. The story I want to start with, and, and it really is, it's so beautiful. Uh, I was reading a uh, an article. Actually, I was watching a video, I believe it was, on Twitter. And there was a high school um, that was, was having a, an issue with fighting. And uh, and and they were trying to figure out how to how to how to ease this issue and uh, how to um, you know make a difference. And so a group of dads um, decided to get together, and they it was a Louisiana high school, and they just said, "Look, a Southwind High School, and they out of the 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 uh, Shreveport area, I believe." And they just started showing up to school. They started just pilfering around. Uh, the the commons areas in the halls connecting with students and what they found is that during the process of their involvement uh, they found that the fighting ceased um, you know did it present accountability sure it did did it present opportunities for relationships absolutely it did uh, but more importantly what it what it showed is that there were people that cared enough about these young people to think outside the box and uh, and to do something different. And one of the quotes um, that that one of the dads said is, "Hey, we're dads. We decided the best people who can take care of our kids are who us." And uh, and you know the students have responded incredibly. And this is actually something that's garnering national attention. Dads on duty, and and there are schools and dads and people throughout uh, the nation now that are looking to have these uh, these chapters of Dads on Duty come to their school. And I thought, you know, what a brilliant way. Uh, it didn't cost money. It, it, it didn't take a lot of, uh, you know, uh, it, we got to go to school boards and, you know, go through a lot of political mess. No, what it did is they were concerned fathers that said, hey, we just want to show up. We want to, not just their kids, man. They You watch this clip. They're talking to uh, they're talking to kids all throughout the school, and you know they're they're talking about uh, life. They're talking about academics. They're encouraging them 
to get to class on time. They're uh, they're talking about respect. They're talking about all these things, and it's been a it's seen a huge impact on this particular school. A quote in the article that I'm reading, this is from Yahoo News, says from a student, I immediately felt a form of safety. A Southwind, uh, Southwood student told CBS News about their experience since the arrival of dads. We stopped fighting. People started going to class, uh, said another. And um, and so, you know, look, at the end of the day, the, the moral of the story is it's amazing what you can do if you show young people you care. And this is a show that we talk about a lot of different sporting things. Uh, we talk about a lot of different sports, activities. But at the end of the day, what we want to also uh, get across to our listeners is, listen, just show somebody you care. It's not hard to show people that you care. These dads showed not just their kids, but the kids of the school that they cared, and they immediately saw a positive impact. We talk about we talk to coaches all the time. If you will as a coach show your players that you care and that you know what you're talking about. Those are the two best ways to get the positive outcome that you want from the standpoint of effort, from the standpoint of energy, from the standpoint of respect because if a student believes that you don't know what you're talking about or believes that you don't care about them as a human being, that ultimately you will not get the best out of that young person. We tell that to coaches. We tell that to you as an audience. And we say absolute kudos to this group um, that uh, started this Dads on Duty at uh, this high school in Louisiana, Southwood High School. Just to give you an example. 23 students were arrested in three days due to violent altercations. 23 students in three days before Michael Lafrit II formed Dads on Duty and they started volunteering. It started with 40 fathers that lined the halls of Southwood High School in shifts and all they did is show those kids that they cared enough to show up in their life and to produce something positive. Dads on duty, congrats to you uh, for showing these young people that you care. And sometimes it is as simple as simply showing people that we care, specifically when you start looking at uh, what's going on in the lives of these young people. Coming up, huge win for Sam Williams, head coach of the Brandon Bulldogs over Oak Grove last Friday night. And we get the chance to talk to Sam about that win as well as the entire Brandon football, uh, Brandon Bulldogs football program. You will not want to miss that. Stick around right here upon further review. We'll be right back with more right after this.
Welcome back to Upon Further Review with your host, Josh Dorman, on WJQS The Fan. And we welcome you back in Upon Further Review here on 106.3 FM, 1400 AM, And uh, we appreciate Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. Live healthy, live blue, www.bcbsms.com. And we are uh, grateful to be joined tonight uh, for this segment by head football coach from Brandon High School, Sam Williams. Uh, Sam, how you doing this evening, my friend? I'm great, man. Appreciate y'all having me on. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, listen, uh, you know, we've, we followed your career from Pelahatchee uh, to Ridgeland last year, and now you're a Bulldog at uh, Brandon High School and you've done a terrific job everywhere you've been and uh, certainly uh, are doing the same thing at Brandon. Tell us, uh, just kind of give us what's going on around the Brandon football program this year. Yeah, man. I mean, I think that uh, coming here and, uh, you know, taking over a, a program that's had a lot of success over the last, you know, I mean, really 15 years. I mean, going all the way back to uh, when Brad Peterson took over and uh, started building something really special. Uh, knew, knew, knew this was a job that I always really wanted. Uh, and, you know, obviously in my home county, about 15 minutes from where I grew up. And, man, it's just been fun to come in and see these guys buy in. You know, there's two early losses in the year to two really good football teams in Oxford and Madison. And I've told people over and over, over and over again that our kids never stopped believing in what we're selling. And uh, leaders have grown, uh, you know, grown closer. And, man, we, uh, we, we've really started to start, uh, you know, click it all over the place, you know, from offense, defense, special teams. And I think the, the, the belief that they have in each other, the love they have for each other uh, has really been on display in all these games, you know, because every time at this point in time, it's, man, we can have some tough things happen. And uh, you can just see our kids kind of buckle down and look around and look at each other and say, hey, man, let's, let's do this thing. So, Yeah. You mentioned the two early losses, uh, Oxford, Madison Central. Madison Central, your only two losses on the year. Um, you know, when you look at your team, Coach, uh, you know, when I look at your roster, you're, you're fairly young on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, you're starting a, a yeah. sophomore quarterback. Uh, one, of, one of your greater, greatest producers in the backfield is a sophomore. Uh, you know, a lot of the guys touching the football on that side of the ball, uh, specifically your skill players, are, uh, are underclassmen. How much – uh, of that, uh, you know, of that early start, do you factor in to just hey? Sometimes it takes youth a little while to get going. Uh, and as you guys have, have progressed, obviously you've gotten better, specifically on the offensive ball. But but in, like you said, in all asset, all facets of the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and I told people at the very beginning. I know, like talking to B club lunches and things like that. I said, well, I tell you all this. I'm not using this as a crutch excuse. You know, it's just. We're young. Uh, we were, you know, kind of doing – we're not kind of – I mean, it's a completely different offense than they ran last year just from a, uh, pace and tempo and things like that. So, had some growing pains with that. Had a lot of penalties early on, just kind of trying to get comfortable with what we were doing and trying to go really fast. Um, but now that they've, you know, grown into that, you know, we'll return next year uh, after this one. We'll return every uh, person that's touched the football this year, which is a cool thing. I mean, we've got nothing but sophomores and juniors. Um, so, they, they've just grown up, man. And – Comfort uh, breeds a lot of good things, and they've gotten a lot more comfortable with mm. what we're doing. Uh, they've gotten a lot more confident with what we're doing, and I think you're seeing that on Friday nights now. Yeah, you know, talking speaking about Friday nights, Coach, a big win last Friday night uh, as you guys welcomed in Oak Grove, the defending 6A champions, and uh, and you guys were able to come out victorious uh, over Oak Grove 24-17 to on Friday night. 
uh, to take that number one spot in your region. Talk about uh, that game. Talk about the things that stuck out to you uh, from from your perspective uh, as the winning football coach from that from that game Friday night. Yeah, I mean, I I told everybody that would listen to me leading into it that you know don't be surprised when we when we go out and win the game. And uh, I told our kids, you know, it's not an upset. We were playing really well uh, the past couple of weeks. We've got a really good football team. We've got most of our guys healthy. Uh, you know, going into the game, just kind of a contrast of two different styles. We do two different things. Uh, but we felt really good about running the football with our big backs. Um, I told the, I told everybody after the game, uh, you know, in the interviews I did, I, I wasn't real happy with myself. Uh, play calling-wise in the first half, called a lot of pass plays. And that's kind of what Oak Grove does. They, they make you think you got one-on-one shots. Let's call pass plays. We were like three of 16 in the first mm-hmm. half offensively. Uh, came out in the second half and ran it for about 250 and threw four passes. So, uh, once I got smart and wised up and started giving it to the right guys, it looked a lot better. Uh, and, man, the defensive, the defensive side of the ball, you know, held a team that was averaging over 40 points a game to 10 points. We threw that one pick six. But it was just a great night overall. Our punter, I think we had punted like six total times the previous six games. He punted six times for uh, almost a 40-yard average. So, we had a lot of kids step up. Uh, a lot of kids do really well. Uh, and it, man, it was just a good night for the Bulldogs and put us in a really good place going forward uh, to have some success as we hit the playoff stretch. Yeah, you talked about moving forward. It's a it's a big one Friday night, crosstown rival Northwest Rankin and your alma mater. Uh, Correct. And so you guys will uh, will go to Northwest Rankin, a place you're familiar with. Talk about that contest coming up and uh, and what you guys are spe- expecting out of the Cougars and what you'll need to do be, to be successful for your seventh win in a row. Yeah, a lot of a lot of crossover, you know, with this matchup. Obviously, uh, a place that I call home. A lot of people I know and that I care about over there. Uh, and a good friend of mine, Devin Cooper, who's the head coach there, does a phenomenal job. Me and him have some battles when he was at Scott Central and I was at Tallahatchie. Um, so it's fun to see those guys again uh, compete. You know, their best player, uh, Jalen uh, Nelson. I coach his I coach his older brother, Justin, uh, one of my favorite kids. I coached at, at Northwest Rankin when I was there. Um, so it'd be cool to see him. I saw him when he was a lot younger. He was like swinging around on the, on the sleds and stuff. Um, but they've gotten a lot better. A team that's improved a ton. Uh, they moved moved Jalen to quarterback. He was, you know, he's, he's a best defensive guy as well. Uh, so doing a lot of quarterback run game. Uh, he also throws it pretty well. Dual threat guy. So see them put up a lot of points. And you know, defensively, I think that that's something that just came in today, and we really locked in and making sure that we're, we're fitting up all of their formations. They're, they're very multiple formation-wise. Um, they're going to play fast. And then offensively, you know, going into their defense, they've given up a lot of points lately. Uh, so we just got to make sure we're taking the football, taking care of the football and executing. And yeah. uh, that's kind of a cliche thing. I know every coach says that. Everything. You know, when we, when we get in our tempo and we play really fast uh, all year, people have had a lot of trouble stopping us. Right. So uh, we just got to continue to do that, continue to grow up, continue to uh, – get confidence and get swagger as we move forward to the next ones yeah no doubt talk about coach you know one of the things that stands out to me you mentioned the first two losses of the year uh the only two losses of the year but one of the things that stands out is the ability to overcome that a lot of times is ingrained in the culture that that is created uh talk about your culture uh what are your non-negotiables and how you think that factored in in the ability of your football team to overcome those first two early losses and now have the success that they've had yeah i mean i'm, I'm not a big poster guy i'm a big you know you you practice what you preach guys so there's there's really three things we talk about all the time and i think that 
Uh, if you look at our team now, I think they live it out. The first thing we talk about is we talk about attack every day. And that's that's literally just the mindset of show up every day, no matter how you feel, no matter what you want to do. Uh, give the coaches everything you've got. Give your teammates everything you've got and do it to the best of your ability. The second thing we talk about is we talk about family. And, uh, you know, this family is really important to me. This football family is important to my family at home. Uh, they know that I love my kids. They know that I love my wife. And in turn, I love them really hard and coach them really hard. And so they, they bought into that part of it. And then finally we talked about do your job. And that was something that was really hard uh, to reflect on in those first couple of games is, you know, you're not doing your job very well. Mm. Uh, when you lose football games, you make mistakes. And you got to call guys out and say, hey, we got to get better. You've got to do a better job. I've got to do a better job. We've got to do a better job. Um, but when you kind of have all those three things working together, uh, when you start believing, uh, when you start seeing results from those, I think it's a lot easier to get guys bought in. And we've done that uh, on any team. You're not going to have 100% buy-in, but I think we've got a uh, majority of these guys bought in. Uh, I think that they uh, play really hard for us. And I think that we've all got uh, the same goal in mind and we're going to continue to push to that. Man, that's fantastic. Uh, Coach, before we let you go, I want to ask you just about uh, when you think about a season as a whole and and breaking it down into pieces, you've got one more piece Friday night. Uh, How do you keep your kids, now that you're in that number one spot, from not looking too far forward? Uh, you've got Pearl in the final game, and then you go into of the year, and then you go into your playoff structure. How do you keep your kids grounded in the moment, attacking every day without looking too far forward? Yeah, I, mean, I think we're just real goal-oriented. You know, we, we a lot of people break it down into parts of the year. Um, I really just look at it as, I mean, our goal every year is going to be to win a state championship. But the first thing you need to do in order to do that, to put yourself in the best position, is to win a district championship. Mm. So, Right now, that's our only focus is winning the district championship. Hopefully, Friday night, if the results fall our way in, in two games, this game and the Pearl and Oak Grove game, we'll have that accomplished, and we'll treat the Pearl game as a playoff game. Right. Um, but that, that's kind of it. I mean, and they've done a really good job of that. Um, and the other thing is you just have to – it's a legitimate thing to come out every day and just say, hey, let's get better today sure. at, at what we do. You know what I mean? And so, that's you know, that was kind of the approach I took with them today is just, hey, don't look ahead, don't look behind. Um, let's get better at what we have to get better at today because we've got a lot more that we can get better at. Um, and let's keep that laser focus on winning a district championship, and then we'll worry about what the next step is from there. And uh, the final thing I said, you know, as we walked out of the team meeting today is, don't let Oak Grove be the biggest game you won all year. And that was the same thing I used last year originally when we beat Neshoba the first time was, hey, don't let that be the biggest one. Let's yeah. make sure that we have bigger ones down the road because you start stacking them up in the playoffs, they get bigger and bigger and the stakes get higher. No doubt. Powerful stuff, Coach. Congratulations on the win Friday night. Good luck this Friday night at your alma mater, Northwest Rankin, and uh, we'll be in touch with in the in the future. Coach Sam Williams, head football coach, Brandon High School. We appreciate the time, Coach. All right, man. We'll see you. Thank you all. No doubt. Uh, that was Sam Williams. Coming up next, we've got David Sykes, athletic director, Hartfield Academy. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more upon further review right after this. Association. Welcome back in. Upon further review, I am your host, Josh Dorman, and we appreciate you being with us. Once again, it's Monday night. Hope your week's off to a great start. Ours certainly is, as we have had uh, 
Sam Williams with uh, Brandon High School head football coach in that last segment. And now we're delighted to be joined by uh, Hartfield Athletic Director David Sykes. Coach, how you doing this evening? Doing well, Josh. Uh, appreciate you having me on. Man, no doubt. Uh, great things going on over there in Flowood off of Lakeland Drive. Uh, a big, you know, first few months on the job for you as the fall is a busy time in the MAIS. But, uh, listen, you've got a lot going on over there. And uh, as the uh, as Hartfield Academy journeyed into the highest ranks of the MAIS, it's been a very successful journey to this point, I would say. Yeah, Josh, uh, very pleased with where we are. Uh, you know, we, we've had a really good fall with our girls' sports. Uh, our, our football teams uh, have competed very well and uh, just a lot of excitement on our campus right now. Yeah, let's take a minute to talk about a few of those girls' sports. A a state championship in softball. Uh, you you took down the, the, the Goliath of uh, fast-pitch softball in the MAIS Park Lane Academy. Uh, I know your coaching staff and, and, and uh, your entire school had to be really proud of those young ladies. Yeah, Josh, that, uh, that was really special. Uh, Park Lane has traditionally just been by far the best team in our league, and uh, they had another quality team this year. Uh, you know, we had a team that uh, we felt like early on was going to be uh, uh, in the mix. Uh, we had a lot of uh, – uh, we felt like some good talent and a lot of young talent. Uh, felt like maybe we were a year away. But, uh, boy, down the stretch, we really played well, and we got into the three-game series and uh, were able to win the second game at home and then uh, went ahead and won the decisive game on that Saturday down in Macomb. And uh, just a huge win for our school. First uh, – 6A state championship in school history and and something to certainly build off of. No doubt. And when you when you talk about uh, the other uh, uh, women's sports in the fall, you know you have your spirit competition. Uh, you had cross cross country today, which I've seen a few of the results. But a couple of things I do know that took place over there. You had your women's soccer team in the semifinals, uh, and you also had your volleyball team that were state runner up. So. Like you said, I mean, you guys have to be super pleased about how women's sports have done here in the fall. Well, you know, we we are, and uh, we, we've had, a, like I said, a good fall. Uh, you know, our, our first conversations back uh, when I came on board in the summer was we wanted to make sure we were, we were relevant. We wanted to be a part of the conversation in every sport uh, to be, uh, you know, be competitive, uh, continue to work hard and, uh, and develop uh, – and adjust to uh, the league that we're in. I've been a part of this league for a long time. I know what it takes to be successful in this league. Uh, and our coaches and our players have really bought into what it takes and uh, the level of play that you've got to come with every single night. And I think that has a lot to do with the success we've had this fall. Yeah, there's no question. And your leadership obviously has been significant in that transition as well. Uh, like you said, you've been in the league a long time and you've been very successful in the league uh, throughout your tenure. And so uh, when you look now at a sport you're very familiar with, uh, and that is your football program, uh, Coach Bowman being your head coach, uh, talk about the win Friday night, a uh, just a crazy win over uh, crosstown rival Jackson Prep and, and what that win meant to your football program is now uh, a, a victory over MRA this Friday night leads you all to the number one seed in 6A going into the playoffs. 
Well, I, I think just from the beginning of the season, uh, Josh, we, we felt like we had a, uh, a really good collection of athletes. Uh, I think the concern that I had and uh, was, again, having been in this league is, you know, you can have a good 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15 guys on your team, but what's so very important in this league is, is your number twos that I would call them and, and establishing depth because in this league you've got to be able to, you know, you got to be too deep in, in most positions. And so we've been able to create a little bit of depth throughout the course of the year. We've stayed relatively healthy. We've got a couple of guys that are banged up. But uh, I think that uh, in itself and then getting off to a good start uh, and, and getting a lot of confidence and, and some momentum we won, uh, you know, we won some, some – we had some big ball games where we scored a lot of points and then uh, – you know, to be able to play well in our league and uh, win some conference games and then the win Friday at Jackson Prep, uh, as you said, was a crazy game. Uh, we had some opportunities early to, to score some points and and didn't take advantage of that. Uh, they get a lead and, and then, you know, we're, uh, you know we're, we're down with about three minutes to go and we're able to score, get an onside kick, go down, score, go for two go up on them, and then they come back down the field, almost return the kickoff for a touchdown, and our kicker made a great tackle. And, you know, they only have uh, – they're about midfield, and they go down and, you know, on the last play of the game, uh, come up inches short uh, for the uh, on a pass play. And then uh, we thought the game was over. They put a second back on the clock, and the ball's on about the six-inch line, and uh, they run a play, and we stuff them at the line of scrimmage. And, and win the game. Just a lot of excitement for our football team, our program. Very proud of our coaches and players, and just a tremendous uh, amount of energy, and it's a great uh, positive buzz going on uh, on the Hartfield campus right now. When you when you talk about a sports year in the MAIS, if the year as a whole is a marathon, the fall is the 400. You are a full <laughs> sprint through three months, and and what people don't understand is the amount of energy that the athletic staffs uh, put out throughout those months as you're bouncing from event to event. And so as you kind of move to that that period that we all looked forward to, where you had a little bit of downtime uh, between some some sports ending, middle school football ending. Uh, and then you'll pick up basketball in a couple of weeks. Talk about, give us a preview of the winter sports coming up, women's and men's basketball, boys' soccer. Uh, talk about those sports and your expectations for them uh, as you as you go back into uh, probably more along the lines of the 800-meter through the wintertime. <laughs> yeah, I've had about two weeks to kind of uh... – uh, slow down a little bit. It uh, it won't be much, but I'm very appreciative of that. Uh, you know, our basketball teams are in preseason scrimmages right now. Uh, our boys are actually down in Presbyterian Christian as we speak uh, in a scrimmage. Our girls actually start tomorrow over at MRA, and uh, we've got a couple of scrimmage games then. And then we're going to kick off, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks and be ready to roll. And then boys soccer will follow that up. We, we feel good. Uh, we, we think we've got some uh, some nice players on all of those teams. Um, we, we're returning a, a, a really good number of girls basketball players on a very successful uh, team from a year ago. Um, boys basketball, you know, we, we lost a lot. Uh, 
Uh, but Coach Ball has got those guys out there. They're really, uh, really getting after it. Uh, we got some uh, relatively low numbers right now, waiting on some guys to get off the football field. Uh, we'd like to not get those guys till after a state championship yeah. game, though. We don't want them too early. But I know he'll be interested to get them out there. Boy soccer, we feel like we've got a solid group coming back. So I'm optimistic, and uh, I know that our coaches and players are, and we're looking forward to the winner as well. Boy, talk about winners as an athletic director to be able to go from just an unbelievable human being and coach and Stephen Makemson and, and to find out that he's moving in a different direction and then to flip around and in Bill Ball. Uh, I would say that you are the MVP from the standpoint of having uh, great circumstances for being able to make that transition happen. David Sykes, Athletic Director at Hartfield Academy. Coach, we always appreciate the time. Thank you for joining us. Good luck over there off of Lakeland Drive as you you see the fall sports wind wind down and the winter sports take course. We appreciate you again for joining us. Thank you, Josh. That was Coach David Sykes, Athletic Director at Hartfield Academy, just doing a phenomenal job uh, over there on that campus, and, and that athletic program is off to a great start. Uh, it's been a great uh, first part of the first hour. We'll have the last segment coming up where we're going to talk some high school hoops. Don't go anywhere. You won't want to miss that. And uh, and then we have the judge joining us later. So stick around. Upon further resp- uh, Upon further review, more coming up right after this. Welcome back to Upon Further Review with Josh Dorman. Call us on our caller line at 601-366-1180. Welcome back in Upon Further Review. I'm your host, Josh Dorman. And uh, back-to-back segments with great guests. Sam Williams from Brandon High School. Appreciate him joining us. Head football coach. They've won six in a row, including that big uh, big win uh, last Friday night over Oak Grove, defending 6A champions. He said it. It wasn't a shock to them. It wasn't an upset. They believe they belong there and believe they were going to win that football game. Uh, last segment, we were joined by David Sykes, athletic director, Hartfield Academy, uh, softball state champions, uh, volleyball runner-up, semifinals in the uh, in women's soccer, great showing in the spirit competition, football team that uh, is in great position in 6A, uh, coming off a big win over Jackson Prep last Friday night uh, on the football field. So a lot of positive things going on out in Flowood as well. Just two great guests. Appreciate them taking the time uh, to hang out with us for a few minutes and talk uh, about their respective programs and schools. So next to something that's near and dear to me, and that is high school basketball. It is almost time for high school basketball. And uh, and let me tell you guys something. This is my time of year. This is when the blood starts flowing. Uh, I spent 10 years getting ready for this time of year uh, at the high school level, one at the collegiate level, and it is a fantastic time of year when it starts to get a little cool. I just start having dreams of basketballs bouncing. And so uh, this is a great time of year. And I'm going to tell you guys something. We're going to start with boys basketball tonight. We'll do some more previews next Monday night to include uh, girls basketball and uh, uh, boys and girls soccer. 
But uh, but tonight we'll talk with uh, we'll we'll start with boys basketball and and there is a loaded amount of talent in the state of Mississippi this year and it's young. When you take the looks the the likes of um, uh, Kerry Hamilton, the guard out of Clinton High School, uh, when you take uh, Eric Payman, the forward out of Raymond, uh, these are sophomores. Javian Watkins out of Provine, uh, these are talented young people that are only sophomores. Uh, it is a fantastic group. When you look at the juniors, the junior class is loaded in the state. Trey Taylor out of Callaway. K.J. Sykes out of Clinton Christian. Uh, when you look at Matthew Stennis out of New Hope. Uh, you look at Corin Red out of St. Andrews. Uh, Chaz Otis out of Oak Grove. Um, you look at, uh, there's just a loaded amount of talent. Justice Moore out of Pearl High School. Uh, Le'Veon Lindsay out of Northwest Rankin. And then, obviously, you've got Josh Hubbard from uh, MRA. A, he has received several big-time offers already. LSU is one of those. Josh Holman from Jackson Academy. Uh, Jacob Gazzo down from Park Lane Academy. Uh, you look at um, uh, Eric Davis out of St. Patrick. Brendan Brown from Northwest Rankin. Marcel Bridges from Brandon. Cam Beverly, Jackson Academy, Harrison Alexander, MRA. I could go on and on and on about the junior class in the state of Mississippi, and it is loaded with talent. Uh, you talk about Tupelo High School up out of the north part of the state. They've got Davion Anderson, Gavin Brinker. Uh, they are loaded. London Fields, all juniors. And uh, and for that reason, uh, I believe they were on the they were the number one ranked team in the preseason, according to Brandon Shields on CapitalSportsMS.com. I'm sorry, yeah, in the 6A ranks. The number one ranked team in his top 10 was Holmes County Central, and uh, and they are loaded, too, was Raymond. So uh, just a a phenomenal amount of talent that is uh, is going to uh, be put on display throughout the year. Um, Basketball... Just, it's an unbelievable time of year, an unbelievable sport, and I'm excited about watching uh, all of these young men and women uh, do what they do on the court. And uh, I, I've tried to think, we have a tradition in the state of Mississippi about with basketball talent, but from a youth perspective, there just seems like there's so many really good underclassmen this year in high school basketball. Uh and that makes it exciting because you know that those young people are going to going to be there again next year. So what they do, uh, they will continue to improve. You know, the spring and summer leagues are are, are getting bigger and bigger. The development uh, that these kids are taking place, the energy and effort that they put forth uh, in their own skill development sessions, uh, in 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 the weight room and in different environments, and I know these coaches right now are itching and ready to go as they're starting with jamborees, scrimmages, and their seasons will all get started uh, within the next week or two uh, across the board. So uh, an exciting, exciting time when you start looking at high school basketball. Top 10, according to CapitalSportsMS.com, Brandon Shields. Holmes County Central ranked number one. Raymond. Rank number two, we've mentioned a couple of those players here as players to watch and specifically some of the younger players. MRA, number three. Tupelo, number four. Pascagoula from the coast. I was just there eating at Bozo's 
Bill, have you ever eaten at Bozo's? No, sir, I haven't. Bill, do you ever go down to the Mississippi coast? Uh, sometimes, not very often. Though. It's been a okay. while. Been Let a me while. tell you something. In Pascagoula, there is a seafood restaurant called Bozo's. Mm-hmm. It is unbelievable. If you get a shrimp po' boy, you are getting a lot of shrimp and a big po' boy. They are taking care of business down at Bozo's. Like the size of a clown shoe? It's a 12, <laughs> yes, a, a clown shoe. It is a 12-inch po' boy loaded with shrimp. Their fish is great. Everything that they do down there at Bozo's is incredible. Uh, but uh, Pascagoula is five. Clinton, Jackson area team, is number six. Another Jackson area team, Brandon, number seven. Harrison Central from the coast, number eight. Starkville, number nine. And another coast team, number 10, is Gulfport. So it looks like the coast is loaded. Uh, you've got a couple representatives from North Mississippi and a couple representatives from uh, the uh, from Central Mississippi. So uh, a lot of, of basketball talent. Let's go a little bit more local. You look at 5A, Holmes County Central just to the north, number one, Callaway ranked number two, New Hope three, Forest Hill, and Provine round out the top five. Uh, when you look at 3A, St. Andrews, uh, local school right there in Ridgeland, uh, Russell Marsalis, head coach there with the Saints, ranked number one in the preseason, Boonville number two, St. Patrick number three, Southeast Lauderdale, four, and Noxaby County, five. 2A, you've got uh, Coahoma County, Newton, New Site, Northside, and then from Rankin County, the Pisgah Dragons coming in at number five out of Rankin County, and then your 1A, Bay Springs, McEvans, Biggersville, South Delta, and Byers rounding that out. And then your MAIS top five, Madison Regional Academy, Greenville Christian, that was a heck of an overall championship game last year between those two teams. And a lot of those kids that play football for Greenville Christian and are just absolutely rolling folks right now also play basketball. And uh, so a a significant amount of talent coming out of the Delta with Greenville Christian, uh, ranked number two there, MRA number one. Uh, Clinton Christian, Coach uh, Sykes over there at uh, Josh uh, over there at uh, Clinton Christian doing a great job. I'm sorry, that's uh, Josh Zito, not Sykes, excuse me. Josh Zito over there at Clinton Christian doing a great job. Uh, he comes in at number three. Uh, Jackson Academy right here behind Coach Brooks uh, and his staff, number four, and Park Lane Academy uh, and uh, ranked number five. Park Lane Academy has a sophomore that's coming up, Brewer Carruth, that's been getting a lot of uh, positive pub uh, along with Jacob Gazzo who is a rising junior and I believe already has an offer from Ole Miss. And so that rounds out your MAIS uh, top five as well. Uh, you know, when I look at the season, the the seasons generally have two different pieces to them. You have your non-conference, obviously. Some conferences are larger, and so they start uh, some conference games prior to, December, prior, prior to Christmas. But uh, you generally try... Uh, to open up the year with a non-conference schedule that's very well balanced. Then you move into some tournament times. Generally speaking, maybe that's a um, a one-day tournament, an exposure uh, tournament, uh, showcase-type uh, tournament. And uh, and then you also have multiple-day tournaments that a lot of these schools host. I know the Lighthouse Classic out of North Mississippi, I believe, is a big-time tournament uh, up there. Uh, and you start to try to figure out who you are. Where you are, where are you in the pecking order? 
you know, do these rankings? Did they did they uh, did they come in true? Did they not? And and then you go on, and then you really gear yourself up to make sure you're ready to go. Uh, you know, come conference time. And you heard Coach Williams allude to it. Your first goal is to win that conference, and then from there you go into your playoff mode. Uh, and then you move into late February, early March when you hope uh, if you're in the MAIS that you get to Mississippi College uh, and you hope if you're in the MHSA, you wind up at the big house, the Coliseum downtown Jackson. So some big time hoops going to be played. Little preview in boys hoops, a ton of talent taking place, really well coached teams throughout the state. And uh, I'm personally excited about getting out and watching some games. That's going to do it for hour number one. Once again, we thank Sam Williams, head football coach, Brandon High School, David Sykes, athletic director, Hartfield Academy, for joining us in hour number one and hour number two. We're going to talk some baseball, World Series. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit of basketball, NBA, little NFL, and we'll welcome in the judge as he's got the flag ready. He's going to throw the hanky, put a little laundry on the field, and also give us his good call, bad call. And don't forget, the Dirty Dozen college football picks are upcoming as well. Don't go anywhere. More upon further review coming up right after this. It's time now for a pond further review with your host Josh Norman here on WJQS The Fan. And welcome back in upon further review. We appreciate you joining us. 106.3 FM The Fan, 1400 AM The Fan, WJQS The And uh iTunes, I mean our heart radio, radio.com iTunes radio, too. radio app, <laughs> iTunes. Yeah, they're still around. Look, we yeah. appreciate you wherever you are taking some time out of your Monday night to spend with us, and we hope you bring we bring you some content uh, that uh, is unique. The first hour we spent talking all high school sports. We talked, uh, Bill. Uh, look, I want to take a quick second. Beaver got us started here on the show. Uh, Bill, our normal producer, it was uh, was doing triple duty all day, and so he was in route from one place to another so we're thankful to have him but we also want to thank beaver for stepping in there for the first couple segments and uh uh it's you know we started off talking about dad's on duty what a powerful story out of southwood high school in treeport louisiana then we had a couple coaches on uh finished up with some high school basketball preview uh, now we're going to turn our attention to the to major league baseball and in a a world series that has Tons of storylines. Uh, we're going to try to hit on a couple here in this segment. The first of which, Bill, is there any irony to the fact that the Atlanta Braves had the All-Star game removed from them hosting for political reasons and now will be in the World Series and host multiple games at that field in Atlanta and there's no political pressure that can change that. And I think they're saying na 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 na. I mean, it, yep. it's amazing. Thumbing their nose at the MLB right now. It's amazing how this stuff works. Listen, it is why politics should never intertwine with sports. sports. Exactly. Sports unite, politics divide. When we get into sports, we don't want to talk about your views. On politics, there is a channel for that. There are 
plenty of channels for you to go listen to if you want to hear how people think about politics. This is not it, and we don't believe that sports is it. I get it. Everybody believes that you've got to die on every hill. I understand that. You've got to stand up for what you believe is right, but you also have to understand the value that your product brings, not just from a financial sense, but from a mental sense, an emotional sense, and you have to understand what it means to your audience. And what happened here is Major League Baseball jumped into the political fray with the All-Star game. At the All-Star break, the Atlanta Braves had a 2% chance by the odds to represent the National League in the World Series. Oh, by the way, Acuna Jr. had just torn his ACL and been lost for the year. And now, all of a sudden, we're talking about a team from Texas, the Houston Astros, Mm -hmm. and a team from Atlanta, Georgia, the Atlanta Braves, now in the World Series. There is a significant amount of irony in that, isn't it? And if you look at the politics of both of those states, neither one of them should be hosting anything right now, according to the MLB. Yeah. That's a great point. (laughs) Now. Texas and Georgia are about the same. The series itself, Ooh. this guy, Maztec, oh, man. is unbelievable. In just four of his 43 appearances since the All-Star break, he's allowed a run. Think about that. 43 appearances, and he's allowed a run in four of those. He was absolutely lights out in that National League Championship Series. Uh, and... When you look at uh, a situation where heading into the World Series, according to ESPN.com, relievers have thrown 54% of postseason innings. The Astros specifically 57%, the Braves 49%. Let me tell you something. There's going to be a heavy emphasis on on relievers in this matchup. And it's going to be a bullpen series. Here's another thought and another story. One Brian Snitker. Let's erase (laughs) the fact that this is the first World Series appearance for the Atlanta Braves since 99. There are a lot of diehard Atlanta Braves fans, including Bill Wilson, Mm -hmm. that live in the Jackson Metro that are excited about that. But do you believe that Brian Snitker would like to win this World Series so that he can be known for something other than the crazy double-A manager at Trustmark Park that belly crawled up to the mound, used the rosin bag as a grenade, <laughs> threw it at the home plate, yeah, and then went the on plate. a temper tantrum. Yeah, went that, on a tantrum, man. Let me tell you something. Is the most entertaining managerial <laughs> tantrum I've ever seen. There's no telling how many views that has had since it happened. If I'm Brian Snitker, I'm sitting back going, you know, there's only <laughs> one thing that will make me war- more well known for something other than that tantrum, and that series. is winning a World Series. Yeah. And you had an interesting nugget about Brian Snitker, and that was who hired him. Yeah. Hank Aaron hired him 45 years ago, and he's been in the Braves organization ever since. What a, up hey, and down in the trees, triple A's, double A's, down in the single A league. He's he's managed everywhere. So, so for all 45 of, years. For all of you microwave career people who want it to happen instantaneously. It doesn't. 
and who want instant gratification in your career. What's the moral of that story? 45 years this dude labored in one organization. Right. Did what he was asked to do. Managed, bought in, impacted at whatever level he was. He did the very best he could. Had some phenomenal tantrums along the way. (laughs) And now he will be managing in the World Series. And by the way... Love this from the Braves organization, who instead of going out and hiring this big name out in the marketplace of of managers, chose to stay within their organization with a manager that they developed through the ranks. Yeah, he was coaching with uh, Bobby Cox and so did he a was phenomenal there job. Just promoted him right up. Isn't that 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 seems to me that if you're an organization, maybe. That process of creating opportunities within from those within your organization because you train them up appropriately to be prepared for the next step would be a good idea. I don't know. Just uh, just a thought there. As we look at the series a little bit further, the Houston Astros have been good mm-hmm. for several years now. And regardless of how you feel about some of the antics, Cheating scandal, whatever it was. No more trash cans in the dugout. So. No more trash cans, cameras, <laughs> whatever it was that they were doing. Yeah. Here's the deal. They have been really good oh, yeah. for a long time running now. And they deserve a lot of credit. And one of the things that happened here is Dusty Baker was brought in to kind of, I guess, stabilize the organization through all of that. And, oh, by the way, here they are in another World Series. Yep. Dusty Baker used to play for the Braves, by the way. He sure did. A long time ago. He sure did. And he yep. once managed my uh, my uh, fabulous Cubbies. Yep. And, uh, you know, is has done a great job for a long time. Still can't believe the man has not choked on a toothpick. No After kidding, all these years, right? the way he moves that thing around in man. his mouth. How does he do that? No kidding. <laughs> that is absolutely true because that thing moves side to side. Oh, it goes everywhere. Like crazy. Uh, so I've got to get your prediction here, Bill. What do you what do you have happening in the World Series? Well, they asked me about that earlier uh, when I was with Jake, and and I said Braves and six, Braves and six. There he goes. He is he is calling his shot right now. Bill has the Braves and six. I'd like for him to do it quicker, but I figure it's going to be at least six. Yeah, and and look, the more playoff games in Atlanta. The, the better. The better. Yeah. Let's you know, uh, thumb their nose at MLB. So that that Atlanta area that lost upwards of $100 million due to that game being pulled can now benefit. And all of those small businesses and folks that suffered from losing that will have the opportunity to make up for that. Uh, that's what we're in favor of as, uh, as Atlanta and Houston will square off. Great storyline locally. Brian Snitker, formal former double-A manager of the uh, of the Mississippi Braves uh, and known for his uh, for his outbursts. Um, it will be leading the Braves. Dusty Baker, a great story, uh, will be leading um, will be leading the Houston Astros. How about the series that Eddie Rosario had? Oh my gosh, he's been just killing the baseball. That dude has been absolutely lights out. It must look like a Big old beach ball coming at him. That's hey, what they say when you're on a streak like that. There is he had 14 hits against the Dodgers, which tied the postseason record right. for hits in one series 
among four other players. They did it. Those other players did it in seven games. Rosario did it in uh, in six. six he games. was a the one of the outfield pickups uh, that was made to help cover up for right. the injured Acuna. And now look what's happening. Yeah, they did some great trades. Yes, halfway through the season. Yes, uh, I believe. Um, what is it? A- Alex Anthopoulos? Is that the GM? Yeah, or, yeah, he's uh, he's really good. Over he it, he's doing a great job out there in Atlanta. So uh, there's some MLB coverage. Uh, don't go anywhere. We've got more upon further review coming up right after this. Welcome back to Upon Further Review with your host, Josh Norman on WJQS The Fan. And welcome back in Upon Further Review. I am your host, Josh Norman, and we appreciate you being with us. want to uh, mention to you about Randy Watkins Golf Group. RandyWatkinsGolf.com. They have uh, Lake Caroline, beautiful shape right now. Patrick Farms, uh, Whisper Lake, great practice facilities out there, executive course, uh, and uh, great membership opportunities. Uh, go to RandyWatkinsGolf.com uh, to find out more. And also want to mention to you Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi, uh, Live Healthy, Live Blue. And that is at www.bcbsms.com. Um, College football, big weekend in college football, and it really was the weekend that almost was for the upset. Yes, there were some upsets. Appalachian State takes down number 14, Coastal Carolina. And how many times in football have we seen Appalachian State take down uh, one of these big-time teams? It just just seems to be happening over and over. Um so there, you know, yes, there were some upsets, but it was it was it was it was the weekend that almost was for upsets. Number two, Cincinnati, barely survives Navy, twenty-seven twenty. The midshipmen came in with a one and five record overall and almost took down the number two team in the country. Oh, don't wait until you hear the judges' view on Cincinnati. We'll save that. Kansas. Oklahoma needed a big fourth quarter to put away Kansas. Kansas was 1-5 going into that game. And Oklahoma, the number three team in the country. Alabama. Alabama was up uh, 24-17 through three quarters, and then they just absolutely put the blitz on Tennessee in the fourth quarter. But it was a close game. Somebody that didn't struggle was Ohio State, absolutely crushing Indiana. Uh, Illinois beats Penn State in nine overtimes, Bill. That was a phenomenal game. Yeah, it's terrible the way that new overtime rule they have is something else. It's where you go to the two points each time with the third overtime. Yes. It's just driving everybody crazy. Everybody's complaining about that today. The number eight team also goes down to uh, to Iowa State, and that was Oklahoma State. So, again, you had some upsets. But think about what could have been. Oregon barely survives UCLA, 34-31. Um, you go to Wake Forest. Wake Forest saw Army Hayne 56 on them, and Wake Forest still survived. North Carolina State goes down to Miami. San Diego State barely survived Air Force. One of the teams that I mentioned early in the year and I talked about this team could be in trouble, was the Clemson Tigers. 
And the Clemson Tigers ended up benching the quarterback. They have struggled mightily offensively. Um, you know, what is behind that? There's a lot of different factors that can go into play there. Okay. But let me just tell it to you like this. When I'm just going to call him DJ because I can't pronounce his last name appropriately. And so I don't want to, to butcher it. But when that young man came in for Lawrence last year and spelled Lawrence, it was behind a seasoned offensive line with a seasoned running back, seasoned receivers, and and all he had to do was kind of fill in for a well-oiled machine. Gone is uh, the running back. Gone are some of the receivers. So now there's a lot more pressure on DJ to to do a lot more. And, and what's happening is the quarterback play has been subpar from Clemson standards, and that's what's leading to their inability to score points. Give you an example. They threw for 151 yards total against Pittsburgh. Now, look, Pitt's the number 23 team in the country. They're 6-1. and one. I get it. They're a good football team. But, folks, come on. 151 yards from that. It's not – look, on the on the ground, they, they had 164 yards rushing. DJ had 50 of those and a touchdown. But the pass game, uh, whether it's the route trees, you've got Justin Ross still there. Uh, you've got Bo Collins doing some work. What you see there is their average per completion in, in, the, in that game against Pitt was 10.1 yards. It's pretty solid. But they had 15 total completions for 151 yards. And, and, and you know, they're pushing it downfield. They had a couple nice plays. But the consistency offensively has, has struggled. Now, you go to the other side, and, and Pitt's passing attack, 302 yards, two touchdowns for Pickett. He's getting a lot of love when it comes to the Heisman, uh, the Heisman uh, candidacy. Uh, that young man is is getting a lot of love there, uh, and he spread the ball around uh, to I think it was ten different receivers on the night. Um, so very very effective. They also had 162 yards on the ground uh, and won in the turnover battle as well. So I think that the Clemson Tigers are going to struggle through the rest of this year. I do believe that they become bowl eligible, but I think they end the season with four maybe five losses on the year. And, uh, and it'll really test that culture that we know is so great there due to the leadership of the likes of Dabo Swinney, Brent Venables, and the rest of that staff. And we'll see how they're able to progress and, and keep things together. You know, we talked to Sam Williams about Brandon High School. One of the most impressive things about their season isn't necessarily their win against Oak Grove. It's the fact that they opened the season with two losses and they didn't allow themselves to get their heads down. They continued to push. They continued to get better, and now they've won six in a row. Another team that we have to talk about are your Ole Miss Rebels. They are now ranked number 10 as they come off of their victory over LSU. And uh, listen, that team, Matt Corral, is on the top of most people's lists when it comes to Heisman candidacy. Uh, he has been efficient at the quarterback position. 
Uh, he was 18 of 23, 185 yards and a touchdown. He also had 24 yards and a touchdown on the ground. But I've got to ask this question. No offense to Henry Parrish Jr. or anybody else. But, Bill, Snoop Connor has got to touch the football. He had 14 carries for 117 yards, but was the third back, and it was late in the first quarter before he got his first touch. Now, maybe it's a brilliant strategy if you're Lane Kiffin because as the defense wears down, he's fresh. He's a bruising back. He's got speed to be explosive. Oh, by the way, Jerion Ely, former Jackson Prep Patriot, had a phenomenal run where he put where he put a mad move on that LSU defender. They ran the football for 266 yards, and the Ole Miss Rebels, who, Bill, I believe early on, we talked about this, there were a lot of people picking them uh, very low and to yep. really struggle due to their defense. And they are now 6-1, and 3-1 and one in conference. Their only conference loss is to Alabama. Also, the retirement of Eli Manning's number 10. Uh, wonderful ceremony. Awesome job honoring Eli Manning. Uh, and uh, just was a wonderful event that was capped off by a big-time Ole Miss win. You can't – look, when you get things and you start talking about momentum, you cannot overlook what takes place when a team gains confidence and that confidence turns to momentum. Any sport, and what you're seeing right now – is an old Miss football team playing with a significant amount of confidence and a ton of wind at their back. When the big Mo jumps on you, it's like you're going into a headwind. But when things are rocking, you have that tailwind and you're flying, and that's what the boys from Oxford have going on right now. A credit to them for uh, the honoring and retirement of Eli Manning's jersey. Oh, and by the way, Mike Leach's take on candy <laughs> is phenomenal. <laughs> yep. Not a real fan of the candy corn. All of the opposing team's <laughs> fans, I guarantee you, just like the popcorn comment from yep. Kiffin, I bet you for Halloween, Mike Leach gets a significant amount of candy corn. He's going to be pelted with Showing it. up in his office <laughs> and on the field. Uh, just uh, – Every interview that Mike Leach does is a must-watch. Oh, gosh. I mean, you know, because they ask him, like, one football question, and it's like 30 minutes of talking about oh, candy corn. <laughs> candy corn, TV shows, yeah, yeah. movies. Ask, ask him about movies, yeah. It's like when you're in school and you want to get your teacher off the subject yep. they're teaching, so you get them chasing rabbits about things that don't even have to do with the subject yep. matter. And it's brilliant to watch these reporters uh, take me, Mike Leach. And, hey, to his credit, he loves talking about it, and he is a great interview. That's some college football. we got more coming up, but most importantly, we got the judge holding court. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more upon further review right after this. 
and I think that they take care of business and at least cover. Got time for one more. Florida State at Clemson. Clemson gives up 10.5. Bill, who you got? Florida State. Florida State, Bill says. Clemson's not doing well. Judge. <laughs> <laughs> got to go against Bill. I'm going to Clemson. I'm going to try this tonight. Okay. He, this is opposite Bill Day. So That's you right. got Clemson. Uh, there is a quarterback controversy in Clemson. I'm going Florida State. I don't know that Clemson gets it worked out until next year. We've got four more to pick. We've got the throwing of the flag, the handkerchiefs coming out, as well as good call, bad call in the final segment of tonight's show don't go anywhere more upon further review coming up right after this want better skin from your body wash try olay body wash infused with skincare super ingredient collagen Olay Body Wash with Collagen hydrates to renew skin cells, improving skin three times better versus the leading body wash to transform skin from dry and dull to firm and radiant so I can step into my day feeling fearless in my skin. And now try new Olay Body Lotion, which hydrates for healthier-looking skin that improves over time. Olay Body. After her busy day, Lisa unwinds with a Vicks Vapor Bath. Lisa's husband relaxes at the end of his day with a Vicks Vapo shower. Lisa and Steve both lose themselves in the soothing Vicks Vapors and forget about the stresses of the day. They also forget about making dinner. Looks like a frozen pizza night. Enjoy a soothing Vicks Vapo moment wherever you choose. Look for Vicks Vapo bath and Vicks Vapo shower in a store in Real Tours. Welcome back to Upon Further Review with Josh Dorman. If you'd like to participate in the show, give us a call at 601-366-1180. Welcome back in Upon Further Review, our final segment of the evening. And we are finishing up our Dirty Dozen college football picks. So, Bill, we're going to start back with you. We've got Kansas at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State giving up 29 and a half. Mm, I'm going to go with Kansas. Going Kansas. Kansas coming off a uh, covered a great showing uh, against uh, Oklahoma and uh, staying in the yeah. state of Oklahoma. Judge, who you got? Now, Bill's making it tough on me on this one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, but, you know, uh, Oklahoma State is not prolific uh, very often on the offensive side. So I'm going to go with Kansas. Going with Kansas. I'm going with Kansas as well. That's just a big spread, too big for my liking. Let's go to Washington at Stanford. Stanford giving up two uh, in that one. Bill, who you got? I like the Cardinal. Like the Cardinal in that one. All right, so Bill goes Cardinal. Judge, who you got? You know, the Pac-12 is topsy-turvy, upside down. Uh, You know, look at Utah last week. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to go with the stronger historical program, the Huskies. Going with the Huskies. Okay. I think they won a national championship once upon a time. Once upon a time. <laughs> well, now, now, look, Washington, uh, Stanford's coming off of a loss to Washington State. But listen, in their last outing, the Washington Huskies 
barely defeated a really bad Arizona Wildcats football team from just north of you, Judge. And so I just I have to go with Stanford uh, on that one. I just don't know that the Washington Huskies can survive. All right, North Carolina at Notre Dame. Notre Dame gives up four. The Irish. Going with the Irish. Gosh. Okay. Judge. Yeah, go go with the ranked team. You know, I got to break my uh, my program again, and I'm going to go with the Irish there. <laughs> Look at the Irish. Mac Brown gets it done and is an, is an outright win- winner, does not just cover. And uh, so I'm taking North Carolina. Final game, Washington State at the Sun Devils. Arizona State. Arizona State's given up 14 and a half. Bill, who you got? Well, I'm going to go with the judge on this one because I know he's going to Arizona State. <laughs> you know, Washington, Washington State, they unloaded their uh, their ammunition last Everybody's week. Everybody's gone. So, oh, yeah, I got to go with the Devils on this one. I'm yep. sticking with the Sun Devils as well, Herm Edwards, and potentially a landing spot for one Mr. Rattler out yeah. of Oklahoma, something to pay attention to uh, there in the transfer portal. So that does it for our college football picks. Uh, We'll keep you posted on how that goes. And now we're going to get to uh, the judge and throw in the flag. Judge, who are you throwing the flag on this evening? Well, you know, uh, you you look at uh, college football over the last, not only the few weeks, but, you know, several years now that the targeting uh, rule has been in effect. And, uh, you know, if I was there at the game and I saw the flag, it'd be like I was at a Cubs game and an opposing team hit a home run, throw it back at them. That's right. So I'm going to throw the flag back at uh, the uh, officiating of and actually the the lack of nuance to the uh, targeting rule. Uh, I don't I don't like you know it in either of the main football uh, leagues, the NFL and NCAA. So, uh, but you know, it's unevenly enforced. It's often not correlated to the severity of the penalty. There's no nuance between, you know, an incidental shoulder to the head or the running back lowers his head at the last split second before contact. You know, too much ambiguous uh, calls that are being made that impact the games. I mean, usually it's one of the uh, one of the top players, and also the fact I never see it called on offense. You know. Yeah, that's a great point. A running back can go through the line, duck his head, and create the helmet-to-helmet with their movements, but it's never called on an offensive player. And I agree with you. I think that they could do something such as, uh, depending on the severity, maybe the first penalty is just an unsportsmanlike or personal foul did not result in an ejection, or depending on the egregiousness, maybe it does, but at least have some wiggle room from this idea that every targeting penalty in college football results in an immediate ejection uh, on the first time around. Yeah, I think that they uh, improve it. They could call it the uh, the perfect perfect rule for Vontez Perfect. You know, I think he has the all time record for personal fouls at ASU, and of course with the Bengals. Yes, very good point. Very good point. All right, he threw the flag on those that normally throw the flag. So uh, what do you have as your good call of the week? Well, yeah, I got to give credit where credit's due. You know, I not only hit the Lakers, I hit the Cardinals. 
the organization, their history, you know, not very bright uh, over the decades. Um, but the fact is that they're, that they're going all in on uh, this season. I think they uh, are certainly on the precipice. 7-0 and doesn't mean you're there, you know. I know percentages say all that. Somebody last week had a 2% chance to win, and, it, you know, they were 98% wrong. But yes. I've got to give it to the Cardinals, their ownership for spending the money and working the cap, and their GM, uh, Steve Kime, who can't draft his way out of a paper bag, but he, he can make free agent and uh, trade moves. Uh, that's his track record. So I think with him getting Zach Ertz this last uh, week, you know, leading up to the trade deadline, uh, I think, uh, and then Ertz comes in and, Gets a big touchdown pass on his first uh, reception. So uh, I got to give a good call out uh, to the Cardinals, 7-0, and and hopefully they won't fade like last year. 7-0 and and the only undefeated team in the National Football League through Week 7. All right, who do you have? Coming up Thursday night with the pack here in, uh, here in the Valley. Oh, that's a big one. What do you have for your bad call of the week? Well, you know, there were a few things I was looking at, uh, as usual. But, uh, you know, I have to say that the the way you were, we were talking about it in, in your earlier in your college uh, segment, uh, the fact uh, that these pollsters have such fluidity and uh, you, you talk about lack of nuance, I think whatever formula that they're going with with the FBS poll, it certainly doesn't give enough attention to strength of schedule. So you, you have a team, uh, you know, that was up. I mean, like right now, I don't believe Michigan State's a legit number eight just because they got a zero on, you know, on the record. I put Cincinnati in the same. They they uh, barely escaped a one and four, I believe, a one and five Navy team who played them head heads up. I mean, physicality, like I said, you know. Uh, games are most often won in the trenches, uh, you know, notwithstanding the great playmakers, and you got to have those. But if you don't have enough time to let a guy go long, you know, you're not going to get it. The same thing with from the D-line. If you can pressure the quarterback enough, he's not going to have enough time. So uh, I think a team like Cincinnati, I don't think they, they have the, uh, the, the line strength. Uh, they have great skill players, no doubt. But I think they're a bad call at number two. You know, it's really a bit of an insult to uh, teams that play uh, legitimate NFL talent level teams. You know, SEC, it's every week. And, and then the other conferences, Big Ten, they got they put a lot of guys in the NFL. So I, I think that they need to, uh, the FBS pollsters, they need to adjust uh, their criteria in terms of their weighting. You know, it was like in, in college. 35% of your grade went on the project and you had to rely on a bunch of dummies that you got stuck with. So, <laughs> you know, hey, I'm sure I'm not alone. You know, it's the thing. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta be honest. I always tried to get in the smart group too, when it came to group projects, uh, because it sure did help me, uh, help me have a better grade. Um, hey, I, you I actually, your way in Josh, that's you talk, it. I know you, I, Hey, listen, I ha- I actually met one other person, this is completely off the subject that had the same GPA as I did in our first semester of college. That is a 0.60, guys. That is, but there is somebody else on this planet that is a very dear friend of mine. I find out that uh, that had that. So speaking of some uh, some teams that may be a little bit uh, 
uh, ranked a little high, maybe a Cincinnati at two. Uh, I personally think Oklahoma. Oklahoma at four is way too high. I think Michigan at six is not a true six. You mentioned Michigan yeah. State at eight. Notre Dame never impresses me. I think they'll have a tendency to fall apart. I think Oklahoma State at 15 is a little high. Uh, you know, I'm not sure about where Pittsburgh stands. How about University of Texas San Antonio? That's an 8-0 and Conference USA team, and the farthest they can get up the leaderboard is 23rd. So, to your point, there's hey, a let's lot. let's play them and A&M together. What do you think that would be? Exactly, and that's the kind of the point that, that you know, when it comes to these polls is, uh, you know, what criteria are being used uh, when it comes to these rankings. That's the judge joins us for the last two segments every week. Judge, we appreciate you joining us, throwing the flag, good call, bad call, and with your picks, and we'll look forward to talking with you again next week. And as always, this time, go Braves. There we go. There we go. That one was just for Bill. That's going to do it for us tonight. A couple great hours. Special thanks to Sam Williams, head football coach at Brandon High School, uh, David Sykes, athletic director at Hartfield Academy, and the judge for joining us. We'll leave you with this. May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. The rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again next Monday night, 6 to 8 p.m., may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Have a great week, everyone.